0: Welcome to another edition of Focus on the Kingdom. I'm Anthony Buzzard inviting you again to search the scriptures with us as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God. We've been pointing out that the Old Testament, the Hebrew Bible, forms 77% of all of scripture. That's over three-quarters of revelation is found in the Hebrew Bible, the Bible, in fact, which reared and raised Jesus because he was schooled in the text of the law, the prophets, and the writings, as he himself said in Luke 24, verse 44. Now, it's a fatal mistake of Bible study not to grasp the groundwork, the foundation of the Christian faith laid in the Hebrew Bible. As a professor of mine used to say, if you misunderstand the Old Testament, you will inevitably misunderstand the New That's an important caution for all Bible study and all preaching. You see, the foundation of the covenant which Jesus came to renew and to confirm is laid in the Hebrew Bible, and it's the covenant, as we've been seeing, made with Abraham. If you're Christians, Paul said, then you're reckoned as Abraham's descendants, and you become heirs in accordance with the promise made to Abraham. Galatians 3, verse 29. And it was indeed the promise made with Abraham because in Romans 4.13 Paul said the promise to Abraham was that he would be heir of the world. Now this proves two things. Firstly, that God promised the world to Abraham and his seed. And secondly, that Christians are reckoned as those descendants of Abraham and they thus become heirs of the very same promise made to Abraham. Now this is hardly surprising because Paul elsewhere said, that Abraham is the father of the faithful. Let me read you some of those verses which link our heritage with that of Abraham. These verses are critically important for the basic understanding of the elementary facts of the Christian faith. Abraham is the father of all who believe, Romans 4.11. Christians are those who belong to the faith of Abraham, Romans 4.16. Christians are to walk in the steps of our father, Abraham. Romans 4, verse 12. And then Paul said in Galatians 3, verse 8, the gospel, that's to say the Christian gospel, was preached in advance to Abraham. In Galatians 3, 9, he said, those who are of faith, that's to say those who belong to Christ, who are Christians, are blessed along with Abraham the believer. And the expression the believer means the Christian in the New Testament. Did you realize that Abraham was a prototype believer? His faith is supposed to be our faith. We are to walk in his steps. We are to have the faith of our father Abraham. Jesus, indeed, was the great exponent of Abrahamic faith. He walked in faith, in faith in God, that is, just as Abraham walked in faith and believed the great promises of God. According to Scripture christian faith is abrahamic faith it's also the faith of jesus the faith of abraham and the faith of jesus are similar we can demonstrate that very simply in galatians chapter 3 verse 14 paul speaks there about the blessing of abraham coming to us in messiah jesus here are paul's exact words in christ jesus the blessing of abraham will come to the gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. In verse 19 of that same third chapter of Galatians, Paul explains that the law of Moses was added temporarily, but only until the promised seed, who is Christ, should come. And the promised seed, Jesus Christ, is, according to Paul, the one to whom the promise, that's to say the promise of the inheritance, is made. Did you know that Jesus Christ is the recipient of the promise made to Abraham, the great promise made to Abraham was not only to him, but it was given also to his seed, his descendant, and that distinguished single descendant is, of course, the Messiah Jesus, and we become part of that seed, because as Paul said in Galatians 3.29, if you're Christians, if you belong to Christ, then you become Abraham's seed, and you also are heirs of the promise promise then was made to Abraham, and his seed, that seed in the singular is Jesus Christ, that seed as a corporate plural entity, is all of those, Jew and Gentile alike, who become Christians, and thus heirs to the promises made to Abraham. Now, with all those facts in mind, you would think that Christians would be eagerly interested in this inheritance which has been promised to them in Christ Jesus that very same promises was made to Abraham. We need then to search out the nature and the content of the oath-bound covenant promises made by God to Abraham, when, as we remember from Galatians 3.8, the gospel was preached in advance to the father of the faithful, to Abraham. With that in mind, then, let's go back to Genesis to search out the meaning and the content and the nature of these famous promises made to Abraham. In Genesis 12, verse 1, we have the foundation of the Christian faith laid. You'll remember that in those early chapters of Genesis, 1 through 11, following the creation, the world became a wicked place after the devil had intervened to confuse Eve and Adam and lure them away from obedience and trusting in God by his clever deceptions. This led to a terrible event in Genesis 6, in which the human biological chain was interfered with when angelic beings actually cohabited with human females. This terrible episode interjected into the human society a gross evil, and wickedness went on from bad to worse until eventually the flood was the only solution. At the time of the flood, and you'll remember that Jesus draws a parallel between conditions on the earth prior to his second coming and the evil that was rampant on earth just prior to the flood. At the time of the flood, only eight people survived. Tragically, the human race did not learn its lesson, and a further judgment was brought on mankind at the time of the Tower of Babel. And then in Genesis 12, God, so to speak, made a new start, almost like a new creation. He began with a single individual and single family, and called them out of the land of Babylon to a land that he was going to show them. This, of course, is the beginning of the story of Abraham. And this is the foundation also of the Christian faith. I remind you again that Christians are those who, according to Paul, belong to the faith of Abraham. Romans 4.16 Abraham is the father of all who believe. The father, that is, of all Christians. Romans 4.11 Again, Christians are supposed to walk in the steps of our father Abraham, Romans 4, verse 12. And, of course, we remember always in these studies about Jesus' favorite topic, the kingdom of God, that the gospel was preached in advance to Abraham, Galatians 3, verse 8. Well, now in Genesis 12, verse 1, we begin the story of the most distinguished of the patriarchs, Abraham, the father of the faithful, Genesis 12, verse 1 reads like this, Now the Lord, that's to say the one God of Israel, the Father of Jesus Christ, the Lord, Yahweh, although we're not certain how that word should be pronounced, the one God of Israel, written most probably in all capitals in your Bible, the Lord said to Abraham, Go forth from your country, and from your relatives, and from your father's house, to the land, which I will show you. Right at the outset of the story, we see that there was a land involved. Abraham was invited to leave one land and go to another land that he knew nothing about, to walk in faith and to proceed, as God commanded, to the land that God would give him. And God then went on and said this, I will make you, Abraham, a great nation, and I will bless you. I'll make your name great, and so you will be a blessing." and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. I think you'll have to agree that there are enormous benefits there for Abraham if only he will obey God. What a rich catalog of blessings are in store for Abraham if he responds in faith to this gospel message about the land to which God was going to lead him. And so how did Abraham respond to this divine invitation? In verse 4 of Genesis 12 we read, So Abraham went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot his nephew went with him. Now Abraham was seventy-five years old when he departed from Haran, and Abraham took Sarai his wife and Lot his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated, and the persons which they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan and thus they came to live in the land of Canaan. And Abraham passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Moreh, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abraham. Now comes the first of many confirmations of the great land promise. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your seed, your descendants, I will give this land. And what was Abraham's response at this point? Well, he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Not only then did Abraham obey and trust with absolute confidence in God's statement, God's proposal about the land, but when it was reconfirmed to him, he immediately worshipped God by erecting an altar. This, remember, is the essence of Christian faith. Abraham is the father of the faithful, according to Paul, and we Christians are supposed to walk in the steps of our father Abraham, Romans 4, verse 12. Now, we should not miss the obvious parallels between the story of Abraham and the subsequent announcement of the gospel by Jesus. Do you see that Jesus also issued an announcement, a declaration of God's purpose, and invited people to repent and believe in that message? Just as God came to Abraham and said, I've got a plan for you, leave your home and your family, your relatives, and your kinsmen, and go in faith to a land that I'll show you exactly in the same way Jesus says, repent and believe in the gospel of the kingdom, Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. The time is fulfilled, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Faith, I have to remind you, means giving credence to what God says trusting in God's statements and declarations, believing God that he is speaking the truth and that he is speaking in our best interests, and as a loving father that he is offering to his children, his creation, the promise of immortality, of living forever in the future kingdom of God. I have to remind you that God's words are critical. When he speaks, he reveals his mind, and faith means relying on the words of God, Trusting God by trusting what he says, trusting his son Jesus by trusting in the words of Jesus. If you won't believe the words of Moses, Jesus said to the Pharisees, how can you believe my words? If you won't believe the writings of Moses, how can you believe my words? The essential thing for Jesus always was that we should believe his words, the heart of the Christian gospel, and a declaration of God's great plan to introduce the kingdom of God in the future and to grant us immortality in that kingdom. It may be that some of this material is new to you. If so, we have some free literature for your personal Bible study at home. All you have to do is to either write to us or call us at the telephone number to be given at the end of this program. We'd like to send you a book on the kingdom of God and material on the Abrahamic faith, the Abrahamic connection, an article entitled Abraham and the Covenant. All you have to do is request this from us and use it as a tool to check on the things that we've been saying. We believe that you'll find a connection between Abraham and the Christian faith a great key to your overall understanding of the scripture. We invite you to join us again as we continue with our investigation of Jesus' favorite topic, the gospel about the kingdom of God.